the word of the Lord from John chapter 8, verses 48 through 59. The Jews answered Jesus, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? And the prophets died. Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say, He is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our gospel lesson begins with Jesus' hearers calling him a demon-possessed Samaritan, and it ends with them trying to stone him to death. That's no way to treat Jesus, but to be fair to his audience, I guess, picture this for a moment. Imagine that I show up at Good Shepherd one day and start saying things like, I, Timothy Pauls, am from above, and I am the light of the world. If you abide in what I say instead of what you've always believed, then you will never see death. If you stick with what you currently believe, then you are children of the devil. Now, y'all are a friendly and patient bunch, but I have a suspicion that if I started to say things like that, there might be a special voters meeting about securing a vacancy pastor. And you'd have good reason to do so. This is the sort of stuff that Jesus has been saying in John 8 already. The big difference is that when Jesus says it, it's true. In order not to believe him, his hearers have to resist the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the light of the world. And if you hold on to his words, then you will live forever. You know this stuff. In fact, when you hear it, it might sail right on by because you know it so well. For this crowd, though, in our gospel reading, it's upsetting because they don't have faith. 
Jesus sounds crazy to them. That's why they call him a Samaritan who has a demon. To prove their point, they make this argument. There's no Israelite greater than Abraham, grandfather of Israel. He was a great man who trusted God's word, moved to an unseen promised land, and fathered an entire nation with a barren wife. To put it mildly, one might say that in his life and obedience, Abraham glorified God. But after all that, Abraham died anyway. And here goes this Jesus claiming that he's so great that he can even give life to others. Does he really believe that he's better than Abraham who died? Short answer, yes. But Jesus doesn't give the short answer. Instead, he gives a longer answer that upsets them more. He tells them that God is his father. More than that, he tells them that God, his father, glorifies him, which is going to sound terribly wrong and the opposite of how things should be. It's given to man to glorify God, not God to glorify man. And then Jesus drops this whopper. Not only is he greater than Abraham, but he says, Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. Now this makes no sense at all. Abraham has been dead for about 2,000 years, and this Jesus is clearly less than 50 years old. There's no way that their lives could intersect. Unless Abraham is still alive... Or, unless Jesus has been around for a really long time, or both, and this is where they pick up the rocks to stone him, because Jesus then makes the most outrageous statement yet. He says, truly, truly, amen, amen, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, I am, says Jesus. If he would have just said, I was alive before Abraham, his audience probably would have been content to keep calling him a crazy, demon-possessed Samaritan. But Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am, and now he's crossed the tracks from crazy town to blasphemy. Now it's time for them to pick up stones because Jesus has just claimed to be God himself. He's just claimed the name Yahweh, the great I Am. Remember back in Exodus 3 when God called Moses at the burning bush and sent him to Egypt? Remember when Moses said, Who shall I say is sending me? The answer was, I Am. Before Abraham was, I Am, says Jesus. With those words, he draws you into the two greatest mysteries of the Christian faith. First of all is the mystery of the Holy Trinity. Jesus has spoken of God, of Yahweh, as his Father, but now he claims the title for himself. But how can this be? Back in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, God himself declared, The Lord, Yahweh, is one. Now, Jesus says that he is God and his Father is God, 
And by the count of his audience, that adds up to two. That's why they're hefting stones in their hands. How can this be? Because it is the Lord who says so. This isn't the only time in Scripture that two are one. Remember Genesis 2.24, where the Lord gives the gift of marriage. He says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So, are husband and wife still two, or are they now one? The answer is yes, because God says so. Are God the Father and God the Son two or one? Yes. They're obviously distinct persons because even in our text, Jesus makes that clear. But they are also one God because God declares himself to be one. And far more one than husband and wife because they do not become one, but they always have been one and one in substance. All that said, though, God is clearly not two persons in one God. He is clearly three persons in one God, because the Holy Spirit is also equally God. Please note that when we confess the faith in one of the creeds, we don't start by saying, I understand or I can explain. We begin by saying, I believe, because the nature of God is far beyond our understanding. Back to our text then, Jesus has just claimed to be Yahweh just like his Father, and so we have the mystery of the Holy Trinity. But there's the other astounding part. When you hear I am in our gospel lesson, it's not a voice out of a burning bush. It's a living, breathing, flesh and blood man named Jesus. There's your other big mystery. It's the Incarnation. The Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, has become flesh. Although he is begotten from the Father from before creation, he is born of the Virgin Mary. He is both eternal and less than 50 years old. How can this be? Because God so wills. The eternal Son of God has been born into this world so that he can dwell among his people speak to them, heal them, die in their place for their sins, and rise again so that they can be raised to life. Once again, this is beyond our understanding. It is a mystery to be believed, not a proposition to be dissected. Jesus is your life and your salvation because he, the second person of the Holy Trinity, has become flesh to redeem you from sin by dying in your place. Those are the beautiful mysteries that Jesus brings forth when he says, Before Abraham was, I am. And both are great blessings for you. Consider the Holy Trinity. Because God reveals himself as one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now you know who God is. This is important because salvation is found in no other name. So even if you can never fully comprehend the Holy Trinity, 
You rejoice to know that you were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You rejoice to hear time and time again that you're forgiven for your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You rejoice that the Father sends the Spirit to sanctify you so that you might then receive the Son's body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. God tells you who He is so that you might have comfort and joy. Though He is beyond our comprehension, He reveals much about Himself so that you can grasp onto Him by faith and also so that you can avoid following false gods who cannot save. That's the danger. That's the sin to avoid. The less you care about who God is, the more likely you are to follow another false god or redefine God into something he isn't. If you do that, you create your own god that might permit your favorite sins, but cannot raise you from the dead. God gives you his name, tells you who he is, so that you might be saved. Rejoice in who he is, not in who you would like him to be. In fact, one of the reasons to continually search the scriptures is to behold with wonder more and more how the triune God is at work with mercy and compassion for you. Just as friendship grows deeper as two get to know each other more, so your study of his word will only increase your joy in his love and faithfulness toward you. As to the Incarnation... There is great joy there, too. The greatest, of course, is that Jesus became flesh to take your place on the cross, to pay the price for your sins so that you might be forgiven. But along with that, the Lord blesses you this way. Because you cannot comprehend a triune God way out there somewhere, He takes on a form that you can. He becomes flesh. God takes on fingers and toes so that you can identify with him and he with you. To know Jesus is to know the Holy Trinity. In this very chapter prior to our reading, Jesus says, If you knew me, you would know my Father also. Those are the joyous mysteries that Jesus gives when he says, Before Abraham was, I am the incarnate Son of God, born of Mary 2,000 years ago, is the second person of the Holy Trinity from eternity, who died and rose to be your Savior. Because he who was from the beginning is now and ever shall be, you as his forgiven child shall be forever too. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.